We think that we're playing our A game, being credentialed and pedigreed and well-read and in our heads. The head is only one part of your game. What we're activating and bringing into the mix is the intelligence of the heart and the body as well. We're bringing all three intelligence centers together. And then there's something very quantum physics going on. We are cultivating a field of magnetism. You guys, you guys, you guys. I have brought to you in this episode, one of the most life-changing human beings you might ever meet in your life. That's how I feel about her. You are about to meet Cherie Healy. Cherie is an executive coach, brand strategist, and founder of Siren, an imagination studio. She helps leaders and teams cause higher impacts through big vision, clear purpose, and meaningful messaging. Her calling is to help you answer yours. Leaders and teams come to work with her to align and re-engage around a shared purpose, and she brings them together to work like never before. Founders and companies work with Cherie to imagine greater impact and tell a more compelling story. And just to give you some backstory, Cherie helped leaders at YouTube launch a movement for mental health and well-being. She's been working with women at Google for over 10 years, advising corporate leaders for 25 years, and she is a woman in management facilitator at the Stanford Graduate School of Business, the GSB. Through activation days, workshops, speaking, and custom design leadership programs, Cherie guides impact at orgs like Google, X, Genentech, Nike, YouTube, Apple, GoDaddy, Fox Entertainment, iHeartMedia, Paramount, and more. God damn! Welcome, Cherie! Jeez, man, that sounds crazy. <laughs> I mean, that's you. That's legit you. But what's so magical and amazing about that is that is all the typewritten manifestation of what you do. And it doesn't even scratch the surface of what it's like to work with you. And that's why I wanted you on the show. Because while you are magnificent in a corporate environment, you're magnificent with facilitation, I have loved most getting to know you in a different setting, which is the siren circle setting. Oh yes, you have. And I came to that siren imagination studio because I was coming out of the spring feeling bedraggled and bewildered and like a lime that had been squeezed of 100% of all of its juice. And I came to you and you said, you need to do siren with me. Will you explain to everybody what that means? Oh my God. So well said. And doesn't everyone just so appreciate how you speak? No, all the words. Why? Thank you. Yeah. One communications lever to the other. I just bowed to you, honey. So Siren Circle and what you are in is specifically called Siren Summer. That is where we are. These are very, very, very potent circles of women and intimate. We only take 13 curated to fulfill your longing. So whatever it is that you are craving, you come to this circle, which circles are in our bones as women. We know a circle. It's ancient and in all of us. You come with this longing, this burning desire, or maybe in some cases, the fire feels completely burned out, right? It's not even on anymore. And what we do is we swim together. We get in the ocean and we go all the way into the darkest parts of it, which may sound scary, but 
I think what and we mean that we mean that metaphorically. We have yet to get in an actual ocean, but that's coming. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> it is metaphoric, yeah. but it is swimming down into the deepest, darkest parts of us. But facing fears, facing overwhelm, facing burnout, facing the blocks that stand in our way of our longing at home and at work. And it's so much faster and easier to do with sisters. So I positioned it as using the powers of the sisterhood and the seasons to live our best lives. And it's so funny when I was discerning whether or not to join one of these circles, I was talking with one of the other sisters who shall remain nameless in the circle because she was just trying to discern whether she was going to do it too. And she's like, this woman I'm talking about is super linear stinker, baller, badass, fierce. And she's like, I don't really get it. Like, what does this mean? And I said to her, I don't totally know yet, but I think that's the point. I think we're trying to recharge ourselves and find our fire again. And it's going to be a nonlinear thing. I think we just need to do it. And literally within like a week, she's like, thank God you can, you dragged me into this circle because it's magnificent. So the problem I came with and many of us in our circle came with was that problem of we are limping across whatever weekly finish line we have. We absolutely burned it down, gave everything we had as women. A lot of us are mothers, not everybody during COVID trying to survive that. And everybody's acting like everything's just back to normal. And we're like, why are we so exhausted? Why do we feel so lost? So you create this container. And as someone who creates experiences for a living, what I really want to touch on is the technology, even though mm. it has no technology, it's a way of saying the format of the circle is really like nothing I've ever experienced before. Will you describe what the format of the circle really is? Like tactically? Uh, it's based on what I know from all my experience of leading circles at Google, at Stanford, in my work. There's nothing more powerful than a circle of women. End of story. When you get women together, what we do is we amplify and accelerate each other. We remind each other what we're made of. And there's an old ancient teaching in the yoga that says you can only truly know yourself through the reflection of another. Amen to that. Right. And we were built for relationship. But what so many women leaders say to me, and I know this is true for men, doesn't matter how you identify, is loneliness. And that is literally the highest indicator of early death. Yes. In all the data that the, the most concerning factor for our health and well-being is the depth of our relationships or the quality of our relationships. But I will stop you for a second, Cherie, because that's what I think is so unbelievable about this format is I've been in roomfuls of women my whole life. Just the circle of women sitting around a table is not the magic. You're doing something in the circle that makes it so. What are you doing? Why are you able to get us so deep connected to each other? (laughs) I know. And I love this about you because you knew very early on that this is very emergent and different. We work in a very linear, rational, intellectual world that celebrates the mind. And I am doing way more than that because what I've been on a pulpit saying since I started my career back in the 1900s was that we 
think that we're playing our A game being credentialed and pedigreed and well-read and in our heads where there's so much genius and so much brilliance. The head is only one part of your game. What we're activating and bringing into the mix is the intelligence of the heart and the body as well. We're bringing all three intelligence centers together. And then there's something very quantum physics going on. The quantum physical level is that we are cultivating a field of magnetism. And that field is triggered by real truth-telling. Very much. And the, the under the foundation of real truth-telling is what we did in our very first session, although I was working on it long before that in meeting each one of you and taking in your desires, your longings, where you are. I'm working in the background and also in the foreground and also in the middle and all the parts, yeah. cultivating trust and safety. And that is everything. And I think everyone who's at work right now knows getting back to work or even working still from home, we have a lost trust and safety and nothing is possible without that. And also the, just the scarcity mindset of just the economic boomerang that we keep going through. It's like, Jesus, all of us have whiplash in the past three years of what's been going on. And the minute scarcity kicks in, the minute we start turning on each other. And so the power of this circle of 13 women, and you have multiple circles going on at any given moment, part of the power is you are connected to women that are of your same ilk. Like I, that's one of the other things I really appreciate about this gathering is that I'm with other like-minded souls, even though Mm. we do different things in the world, what sort of unites us is we're ambitious. We want to suck the marrow out of life. We present to the external world as though we have our shit so together. (laughs) But on the inside, we're like, do I though? Talk about the alchemy of how you pair women up in these circles. Well, yes. And that's very important. I want people to understand it's not that we're all same, same. Yeah. We identify differently. We come from different backgrounds. We happen to all identify as women, but the shared foundation of us is that we're here to cause impact. We are driven to make the world a better place. And that is a particular kind of a person who I know out in the world, we've all heard we're too much. We're not enough. We're burning the candle at all ends. We're doing all the things. We're trying to dim our light. Is it, am I okay? Am I not? There's a giant perfectionism that we're all trying to recover from. We have gotten to where we've gotten to because of hard, hard work. And we are ready for a new slash ancient way. We know that the world is requiring more of us. And I say on loop, the more we want to give, the more we need. These are women who are givers and I know them deeply. I can call myself an expert in women and, and these particular women because we are not great at receiving We drive ourselves hard in all areas of life. And what I'm dying to transmit and to have us remember is there is a much more potent way when you bring all of these intelligences online, the head, the heart, the body, our deep sense of self, when these women come together and identify as a siren, it's a reclaiming of the essential nature of who we are, our essence, this very powerful essence that if you look at the history of women across 
all of time. This is the part of us that was burned at the stake that was diminished and sidelined and marginalized and not well paid for many a year. And just speak to just even the archetype of the siren that has a negative connotation to a lot of people. It's reduced to a message of like seduction in a bad way. Tie yourself to the mast, lest the siren call drag you under. What are you really trying to say with that archetype, Sheree? Oh, right. And we know that this archetype, everything about women and their power has been transmuted and made wrong and made bad. Right. The witch is a woman with a ward on her nose with a black hat and she makes spells and she's evil. These things are not true. If we look back at the true history of women and matriarchies and what we're here to do. And this is not just, let's be clear, a gendered conversation. It's the feminine. It's men and embody this as well. And I know men who are saying, how can I get in? How come you aren't doing this for men? I'm dying for this. We don't have this, but we all have this way of being that is so needed on the planet right now. So what I call the mythology, the new actual story of reclaiming the siren aspect of ourselves, no matter what your gender, is reclaiming the part of you that is burning to cause impact, burning to be needed, burning to contribute. The one that knows that when you were little, you were already good. You had gifts to give that if not shared or lost to the world forever. And then you got out into the world and the world told you, nah, you're wrong. You got to go to school. You got to get permission slips and papers and prove yourself. You're weird. Right. But it's basically saying each one of us has a call and that we must answer it. Mm -hmm. Because if we're going to make it in this life, we're at such a wild moment in time. We need everybody in their full power. So that's what I'm here to do. We're doing it with women in this way, in these circles, but we're doing it at companies and across the board with companies who know that they have a purpose to fulfill. It's what is that burning call that you are here to deliver on its brand. It is. Corporate speak. This is what I was so drawn to to working with you is I always call it like, I'm ready to leave the productivity cult. Yeah. Get to a certain age where... And what I love about millennials and Gen Xers is, that, I mean, Gen Zers is they're like, what? The, we knew this from jump, but yeah. grind, rise and grind only gets you so far. And it is not a scalable source of power. Productivity is not a scalable source of power. What is a scalable source of power, Sheree? Oh, such a good question. And you know why women are in this is because we're being asked to really grind at home and at work. We're still doing the bulk of the work with the kids and all the things. And we want to, we are wildly driven to do it all perfectly. And what is a more scalable, sustainable source of power is in your electromagnetic field. It is what all the science and the spirituality now proves all come together to say that at this quantum physics level, we are energy. And the energy gets turned on and you've watched it. Like within the first week, all these women are like, oh my God, what the heck? I remember everybody started showing up and they like, their skin looked different. Like, it was crazy. Seriously, seriously, women are glowing. And and what it is, is when we get into, and if you were to look at like the nature of sound waves, Mm. frequencies, right? Food has a frequency. Everything has a megahertz. 
we are tuning each other to a higher frequency. So when you talked about, you can either be fear and grind and scarcity, which is the cheapest seat in the house. It's the survival mode, or we can tune ourselves to abundance, possibility, imagination, love, joy. These are all higher frequencies. We're sunshining each other. We started with pleasure. Pleasure is the greatest motivator. Then we get back into a sense of self and we remember, wait a minute, there's a part of me that genuinely lives in fear. God love her. It's like, great, but we don't run our business or our lives from her anymore. And you got in the seat and we were transforming your come from. It's a millimeter shift. You can either run your career from her or you can run from the siren, which is just another word for our highest self, our wisest self. In the history books, there was a period of time when the patriarchy, men, certain people in power were afraid that we had magic. They couldn't understand why we could get stuff done or make things happen or heal people. Or deliver babies. That they couldn't understand. And so the siren was conflated now and made small into a story of, ooh, bad, dangerous, right? She'll bring you to your death. But guess what? In the yoga, there's all these mythologies in the same way of these aspects of the goddess, the woman, where we slay, we carry a sword and it looks like, ooh, we're dangerous. But what we're actually doing is slaying what no longer serves. Slaying what is ignorance. If a sailor came to the siren, she would slay his ignorance, kill off his ego so that he could be enlightened, so that he could be free. They just got it all wrong. And it just, don't we love? That just happens over the course of time. And what we're not doing is reclaiming that exact story. It's more of a modern story and it applies to all, all the sailors, all the mermaids. It's all the beings. It's if we can remember who we are and what we were put on the planet for, we become a magnetic force for all the things we want. That's it. Live the life we came here to live. And I just want to validate that as woo-woo as that sounds, like I always teach my clients, people feel you the minute you walk into the room because we are all showing how many bars of Wi-Fi we have. That's right. Right? Like some people are walking around with five bars of Wi-Fi and everybody wants to get on that network. They're like, I want to follow that person or I believe what they're saying. And it doesn't mean that everybody's got to be bouncy and extroverted. That isn't it. No. And sense someone who is communicating from a place of authenticity, self-trust, self-belief. So I want to validate that the words you're using might be coming from a more yogic or spiritual tradition, but I can absolutely resonate with that as a communication coach. I mean, when I try and get people to show up and shine, I am trying to get them back to that purest energetic, it's like, they call it a music sympathetic resonance. I remember I was during COVID when there was like no stimulation. I was meditating one morning and I was oming and I happened to be oming in a key that was causing my guitar string, one of my guitar strings to vibrate with me because it's a real thing. If I sing a C loud enough, the C string in my guitar will resonate. That's right. Sympathetic resonance. It's a real thing. Why do we feel so reluctant to believe that? We are living in a moment in time where some people say, if you were born at this moment, you are here for a very big reason. Because what is happening right now has never happened in the history of ever. And what I've always been obsessed with is that science 
and this modern world and the way that we live in the productivity cult and, and what is measurable and what is fact would ever maybe get to a point where it is now where it starts to blend with what we know spiritually. Mm. And so in the same way that the siren, the witch, all these archetypes, the goddess traditions of the yogic, great scientists of consciousness have all been cast aside and called woo because it's the same thing. It's scary. They can't measure it. They don't want to know. But that's the moment that we're in. We're in this moment of the old era and the new era. We're right standing on the precipice of the new era. We could go super woo and explain it in all kinds of different ways. But what I'll say from the not woo, and at some point that word will never exist anymore because it's just being proven right and left. Art is here to save our lives. The book, Your Brain on Art, you Mm. can pick up, is totally data-driven. And they've proven all the ways in which these things heal that we never considered measurable or valuable. And what I just, I'm also from the corporate background and the high-performance society. And I've studied with all the greats. And what we know to be true is we're bringing online more intelligence, more skills. We don't need to talk spiritually about it at all. Just to say that wouldn't it make sense if you're only using what's up here in the mind, you're only working at what 20% capacity, right? And, And with heart math and all these new bodies of work that are saying somatically, the body and the heart don't lie. There's so much more to bring to the table. So if you're a leader... Wouldn't it be silly not to try to go there and bring all the parts of you to bring all your intelligence online? Yeah. But so just to add a deeper point underneath this though, all of this is so much fun to think about, so much fun to talk about. It's also completely impossible to think in these terms when we are overwhelmed and burned out. Yeah. So what I want you to do is let's talk about surfing. Okay. (laughs) Metaphorically, because you gave this fabulous, fabulous, I don't even know what to call it, instruction session, who the hell even knows what to name these things. They're so magical. But you talked about surfing as a metaphor. What are the four waves that we are surfing right now? Yeah. So it's important as I tell you this, think about what is the metaphor for your life right now? There's usually a very unconscious metaphor cooking and it looks like I'm just trying to keep my head above water. I'm on the merry-go-round. I'm on the treadmill. I'm on the hamster wheel. These are strong metaphors. And as we are word lovers, words matter. They carry an energy, a frequency that I'll just give you a simple example. When I was in my 20s, I had a coach and I used to say, I got a million things to do. Got a million things to do. And she'd be like, really, Shri? A million? Let's lay them out. And I'm like, don't call me out, lady. And she's like, no, but really, how does it make you feel when you say you have a million things to do? And I had to check myself. I'm always checking myself. So I think about my metaphor for life and I teach from that just as an invitation. You can choose anything. Your metaphor could be dancing. It could be art. It could be anything that allows you to look at everything that comes your way as something that belongs. Like as a kid, I used to think life was just a party. I still do. But my dad (laughs) would be like, kid, life is hard. Get with the program. And I didn't want it to be hard. And my growth was like, no, wait a minute. It is hard sometimes. And if I look at it through the eye of a surfer, because I'm such a, I'm obsessed with surfing. And I think it does teach us how to live. That no surfer gets into the water to have a bad time. Much like we take a body 
not to have a bad time. We didn't come here to suffer. We are born to be on this planet to have a great time, I believe, and to learn some things, right? So if I want to be a good surfer, I admit that I am in here to have a good time. Hopefully I got some good friends to hang out with. Sometimes there'll be no waves. Sometimes there'll be giant monster waves. And sometimes I'm going to take a beating underneath the water, right? That Doesn't that work? We're all taking beatings of different kinds right now. We get tired out there and you don't want to drown. When people call me, I'm just trying to keep my head above water. I'm like, well, we just need to have some surf lessons. So what are those waves then? So I named, for me. I named, yeah. And, and I think this is just really on the ground. And so for anybody who thinks I'm all too woo, I'm very much like, all right, what do we do? What are the practical ways that we do? And so the four waves that I named that we are all going through so much right now are overwhelm, fear, perfection, and the wound. And so I think we give just some top line ways to deal with these waves, right? How to surf? Please, please. Okay. So overwhelm is like the theme du jour right now. I think everybody has been overwhelmed for at least the last few years. And now I think more than ever because of the economy and... And I also read a stat the other day that I have to share with you because you're going to use it from now on forever. Microsoft did a study and they reported that the number of meetings since 2019 has gone up by 250%. Good Lord. And they're on a screen, probably. Oh, hundred. And like Sheree, you and I've been working with people for years. We thought we were overwhelmed in 2019. (laughs) COVID was like, hold my beer, bitch. Now you're getting 250 more percent more meetings. So yeah. Right. And this little Gen Xer, I mean, I'm 53. I was in the 1900s saying people we meet too often. And so now that's just nuts. What are we doing? Oh my God. What are we doing? So when you're in overwhelm, I consider it a form of leadership to look at that and say, no, no. Because just like fear, just like any of the lower vibrations, we can't do our best work. We can't imagine. We can't be creative. All these things that are basically the most human superpowers that are the only thing that's going to be left after AI, that's right? That's what I'm we, saying, girl. We've got to rock being yes. fully human and the most creative and right-brained and online and all the Wi-Fi bars. Hell yeah. All the bars. So we're talking high-performance game. You have to be able to look at overwhelm in the face and do what a surfer would do. So what it looks like is you want to become one with the waves. You want to look at overwhelm and be like, how can I ride you? And that's saying no. What do you say no to? Because overwhelm is too many things, right? So it's being good at prioritizing. It's being good at being a director. It's saying, I need to do this, this, and this, because this is the only thing that I can do. It's like, what only Bronwyn can do is these few things that are just pure magic, most potent. And then everything else gets directed. So it's using your voice, which a lot of women have trouble doing. I'm working with a company right now where these women are like, I will do anything to not use my voice. I will avoid it at all costs, conflict. No. So it's like, I want to say no to something so I can say yes to something else. I want to say yes to where I'm potent. I want to say yes to what will bring out the best in me to where I'll have the greatest impact. And contrast that with where can I say yes to only the things that are the most potent versus 
who am I going to disappoint? And how do I less, how do I decrease the number of people that are mad at me, which is mostly what we're running around analyzing when we get right. Right. So the old school way would be to try to do it all and burn yourself out. And probably the quality of your work goes way down and then resentment comes. Or the new way we're calling like siren life is you say, I want to ride well. I demand that I ride well. I'm not about to go down under the water and take a beating. And we'll get to that because sometimes that can be fun too. But I want to ride well. We're all A plus students. We're all high achievers. We want to do a great job. So in service of that, you manage up, you tell your team, we are going to be discerning and we're going to ride well. So no overwhelm allowed. And what we're experiencing in the group is that gives way to what we call like a soft power. It's like the queen knows who to do her bidding. Yeah, It's like, I stand in my high bar and I will not do anything less than that. So it's asking for space. It's designing for space. What we know, if we don't have enough space to think, to be creative, to be imaginative, to, as I always say, the more you want to give, the more you need. Yeah. have to take space. And that that is a new and holy and proven strategic way of doing your best work. Otherwise, what are you? You're a caged animal. That's right. Because you and I could literally do this for 2 million hours. Yes, we could. I want to make sure my people get some medicine here. And there's a lot more beneath each one of these things, but just for easy to remember's sake, the opportunity to riding the overwhelm wave well is to be discerning and use that no. Yeah. That soft power of managing up, managing down, managing sideways, knowing what's what and executing, right? Yeah. And and that soft power in words sounds like, show me how, I don't know, dial it back, gentle waves, please, Mm. slow down, Mm. let's take a pause. It's coming from core leadership, directing. Self-sovereignty. So now talk to me about fear though. What's a tool that helps ride that wave of fear, Sheree? Okay. The best is knowing that we all were born and coded with two primary fears. And I think knowing this is just a giant relief because we all, I thought when I learned this, that these fears were in me because of my parents and the way that I was raised, it's that I won't be enough and I won't be loved. And so at a deep level, we all know that, that those are driving us in our work. We're trying to perform. We're trying to do all the things. These two fears are never going to go away. We're never going to get rid of them. So to surf them, it's really about how can I design my life where I have just enough certainty to handle all the uncertainties? We get afraid when we're in the unknown. I work with a guy right now who's like a leader in his company. And he's like, I can't say I don't know. And I'm like, You have to. We have to own our humanity and it gives permission to everybody who works for us. Yeah. Right. So I say you can say that when you have enough, you've provided enough comfort and pleasure and safety and certainty for yourself. And those things come from within. We cannot rely on them outside of us. I say that a lot too when I'm working with people is if we're waiting for the world to make us feel safe before we shine. We're going to be waiting all damn day. That's right. Or ever. So we have to, you're right. We have to create those conditions of safety inside of ourselves. 
the people who do the best in life are the ones who can handle the most uncertainty. So I think about like the world surfing league, best surfers. They're like, bring it on. I want the biggest, wildest, most unpredictable. Why? Because they're skilled, because they trust, they pray before they go into the ocean. I don't know that they plant their trust and their certainty in ways that are next level. And that allows them to handle everything. Okay. So that's fear. So now we've handled overwhelm and fear. Talk about perfectionism and perfection. Okay. So this is the truth. And this was delivered to me because we are all overcoming, I think, recovering perfectionists because you can't be a high achiever without that shadow. Yeah. And my coach ages ago said to me, well, Sheree, then that's the lowest bar you can possibly have in life. Mm -hmm. And as a perfectionist, you're like, rude. (laughs) He said, because it's not achievable. Yeah. We've been sold a bill of goods on perfection. And, and it's like 1950s, boring. Nobody wants to be around a perfectionist anyway. They're annoying. It's funny that you mentioned that. I literally just read this quote of Joseph Campbell and he was saying it was too hard for humans to love God. God was perfect. God was a construct. It wasn't until God became flesh. And whether you believe in a literal Jesus or Jesus consciousness, it wasn't until God became a broken being that experienced suffering, that humanity was able to attach love for a deity, at least in Western world, which yeah. is true, right? Yeah, it's so but much. Christian or not, you see the metaphor, right? Yeah. So in order to face it head on, like in our techie world, just imagine double clicking on perfection, going underneath it with just enough curiosity to say, what is driving this need for perfection? Usually it's fear and overwhelm. There's something underneath that that's like, hurry up, oh my God, do well, you gotta do it perfectly. So with some curiosity and some compassion, you go into that part and you look at what is driving it. And it's usually like the longing to do well, the longing to make an impact. It's, there's always a good reason for it. And to tune into that, and I always look at it as like kind of downloading an update from the universe onto the desktop that has you to say, okay, cool. Then how can I go with that longing to just serve, to just show up and be human and say, oh my God, I'm looking like I'm so controlling right now. And I'm so passionate because own it with the team. And it's like being a great martial artist. Yeah. Martial artists, when they're in a fight or when they're going to create peace, they soften, mm-hmm. they listen, they feel their opponent. It's like taking the perfection that is so white knuckling. If you were trying to surf like that, you'd never yeah. get up on the board. You'd be yeah. too rigid. So yeah. it's relaxing into it and feeling it and going with, I just want to ride well. I love that. And then that leads us to the wound. And this is where we're going to kind of pause because I have a feeling you and I are going to talk more. But the other, that fourth wave we're riding, we're not even conscious of all the time. Yeah. And I've done so much work on this. And truth be told, when I learned about this wound, I thought, oh yeah, it's the wounds that we're told about in therapy. You know, the wounds that I got when I was a kid and through life. And this is not that. It's the core wound that we're all born with. We're all born with this wound that I was taught by my teacher, Scott Picard, who's an incredible, incredible human potential coach, that this wound is actually the gateway to everything that we want. 
It's what makes us so relatable, so human. So what Brene Brown talks about vulnerable, that the only way there is through, right? And he used to work with me and I'd be like, secretly thinking, I'm just going to heal it. I'm just going to heal it and be done. I don't want to talk about this wound. (laughs) Right, right, right. I'll just get over it. And through many a session and and some time and some really just like being brought to my knees, I was like, now wait, he's actually right. (laughs) And so it's in this practice of holding the wound in your leadership and going out into the world to do a thing. And you know, people like this, who you can feel are just, they've been through hell and back. They've been to the dark side and they're okay with it. They're resting in their humanity. So I want to just say that the practice with this one, as much as it takes some time, is to go into your meetings and go into your relationships and go into the world holding that. It's like in the core of your body and physically or otherwise, metaphorically holding it and saying, yeah, I'm really afraid that I don't matter. Mm. I'm really at the core of my being Mine is that something about me is wrong and that I got to change. And that if I could just become enlightened, I'll be a valuable human. So that could cause me to be a perfectionist. It could cause me to be in fear. It could cause me to hide out and all the things. But what I do is now I just own it and I speak about it. And I'm like, yeah, that's a come from that has me live my purpose and just give yourself permission. And there's a lot of practices around it, but that's the essence of it. Sheree, you are such a gift. The reason I wanted people to know you is that I have experienced so much more peace this summer, so much more juice this summer, and I cannot wait to experience Siren Fall with you. But for those who just want to be in your orbit, we can find you on Instagram. Is it at Sheree.Healy? Yeah, Sheree.Healy and Facebook, not as often, Sheree Healy. Yeah. And the siren call, it should be pointing to ShereeHealy.com because you guys are all getting a little bit more on what will fully be a launch of Siren later on in the year. I'm such an early adopter. You are. I'm obsessed. I have found so much goodness in this and just keep doing what you're doing, honey, because you're making a huge difference in the 13 women. I mean, the ripples of impact you're having with us, just bringing all of our light and delight to our communities and our clients and our work. It's just, you're fucking awesome. Oh, beauty. Thank you. I just, my hair is on fire. I have that burning desire to make sure that no one leaves this planet with their song still in them. Amen, girl. And you're doing it. Thank you so much, Sheree. Thank you. Hey, if you haven't already, hit subscribe so you can get my latest podcast episodes delivered hot off the press or share this with someone who could use it. If you're looking to go further on this journey as a communicator, head over to bronwyncommunications.com forward slash subscribe and get on that newsletter. You get fresh tips every Monday morning to set you up for the week. And on the last Saturday of the month, you'll get a short email with my favorite things that I'm into. If you're dealing with a tough client or work situation, you need better skills for managing hard conversations, check out my No Enemy Conversation course. It's at noenemy.bronwyncommunications.com and it is self-paced and it is all there for you. Lastly, 
If your company or organization needs a high voltage keynote speaker who knows how to melt faces and blow minds virtually or in real life, I am your gal. I have two dozen different fantastic keynote topics and you and I, we can make something killer happen. So shoot me a note and let's do it. That's Bronwyn at BronwynCommunications.com. Take care and shine on. We need your light.